Hang on. Hang on. Halt. Welcome to This Might Be A Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time. They might be giants. I am your host, Greg Simpson, and I'm here with returning guest after long last. It's Lou Reed. That's right. The Lou Reed to talk about. Uh, <laughs> I've probably made that joke the last two times. Uh, to talk about the song Hovering Sombrero off of Mink Car. Here we go. Hey, Hovering Sombrero. Gently waving in the air above the meadow Softly floating in the sky outside the window Hovering sombrero, don't be shy How's it going? Yeah, pretty good. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. You know, 150 episodes later, and here we are. <laughs> yeah. Um, crazy. Yeah. So you've been on one regular episode. You've been on one Patreon episode. Are you Are you prepared to do this again? Are you feeling it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You You've been gearing up all this time. Yeah. <laughs> um. Had you had this song reserved since way back then? I think this was the first song I reserved, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you've really been waiting. (laughs) But it's not like I just let you sit on the spreadsheet. Do you remember why I asked you to do Careful What You Pack first instead of back in episode 57? I don't remember. (laughs) So long ago. So I want, looking for an Else song or something to do... Maybe or maybe a flan song. <laughs> maybe, yeah. I don't know. It's possible. Um, yeah. Well, I don't know. That they're both great songs. But I'll tell you, my mom is going to be very excited to hear about this episode. Something about this song. She she loves this song. I mean, she's asked me a couple times, like just randomly, like, "Have you done the hovering sombrero episode yet?" I'm like, "Mom, you've listened to all of them. You would know." <laughs> You've listened to all the episodes. You would know if I did Hovering Sombrero. Oh, my goodness. So, did she want to do this episode? Because now I feel bad. <laughs> you know, I should ask her. I could text her right now and be like, <laughs> so what is it about Hovering Sombrero exactly? I, I, I feel like we've talked about it at some point. I think it's just one of those things that kind of tickles her the whole, like, I mean, just the, just the title. It's like it just seems silly, but then, like, it's what, it, you know, it's the John Linnell. It's, it's the They Might Be Giants special where it's just like, 
silly on the surface and then you know there's but there's more there and mm-hmm. we will get into all of that but i must tell the people they should go back and listen to careful what you pack if you haven't um to hear uh lou's uh fandom story um i'm never really sure how people listen to the show like if they insist on starting on episode one or just jump in and then go back when they can or randomly jump around i jump around i don't know you jump around i do yeah. Jump up, jump up, and get down. Uh, <laughs> really dating myself there. You too by laughing. Yeah. Um, I I did a Google uh, like survey at one point to try to like figure out some of that stuff, and even that was probably like two years ago. And that was one of the questions I asked, like, how do you decide what episode to listen to? If you go in order, choose by the guest, choose by the song go backwards, like, and I think there are a fair amount of people that I think are just very, you know, kind of anal about that and do, and are like, I found out about this new podcast, started episode one, I'm like, it's gonna be a while, man, I mean, <laughs> it's not, you know, it's, I mean, obviously, this isn't a serialized mm-hmm. podcast. Um, There's no spoilers. <laughs> right, I mean, I guess the only thing that could be weird is... I mean, my one concern is that, like, I feel like we didn't settle in until, like, you know, 20 episodes in. But maybe maybe that's not the case. I haven't gone back and listened to episode one since I recorded it. No, I don't know. Maybe I did. Maybe I did at some point. Um, I have to hear my own voice enough when I edit each episode. I'm not going back <laughs> and just, like, listening to them for fun um, with a couple exceptions. Um, but I don't know. Do you? I mean, how do you listen to other podcasts? Like, let's say it's... I mean, if it's serialized, of course, you're going to want to go and listen in in order. Mm -hmm. Or, like, you're not going to jump in on a podcast where it's, like, part two, and then you're like, well, I'll listen to this first. Um, I don't know. Do you you have a preference? Not really. It depends on the number of episodes and what the topic is and, yeah, who the guests are. Yeah. There's a lot of variables with mine, and that's something, like, I mentioned in the the Julie Klausner episode, since you haven't heard it, I'll tell you that um, I had to go through management to get to her. You know, I assumed that I would, but I went through like three people um, before I was even like set up to actually do the podcast. So it was like the initial person who was probably just some like assistant at the agency. And then it was forwarded to one of her people, but then, oh, it's actually this person that would do her scheduling. So I, I talked to three people in this, this, uh, Helen, I think her name that I was talking to, um, she's like, oh, yeah, I know Julie likes that band. Um, so how many downloads per episode do you get? And I'm like, well, jigs up. You know, <laughs> it's, you know they've, I've been found out. It's not going to be whatever the number is. It's not going to be high enough. Because honestly, I have no idea, like, you know, how many downloads do you need to get before, like, Blue Apron comes calling? Um, <laughs> you know, give me money. I need money. Uh, my children need diapers. Well, just one of them. <laughs> and hopefully not for long. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, so I took some screenshots of like the Podbean like launch page that I have my stats on and stuff. And apparently it was enough. So that's good to know. Um, so that was cool. <laughs> so yeah, now you're, you're coming in, you know, on Julie Klausner acceptable levels of, of popularity <laughs> with this podcast now. I mean, <laughs> who knows where I was at in episode 57, but um, yeah, uh, like I, I think the record, and he's very proud of this, um, 
Ben Bird, I think, was the one that listened to the show the quickest. Actually, it might have been Chris Connaughton, who found out of the show, like maybe listened to a, a current episode of see, and when he saw that he liked it, he went back to episode one and listened to like caught up like 180 episodes or something in like three months. Wow. <laughs> but he does a lot of driving with his job. Mm. Yeah. And I was talking to uh, another guy who's been on the show, Tim Shopa. I talked to him. He was on the Lordstone episode. Yeah. He said he had some business trip to go on. He's like, I listened to like eight hours of you on my trip. I'm like, that's so <laughs> weird. I'm so sorry. That's awful. <laughs> that sounds horrible for you. <laughs> Uh, I did have some guy in, insult my my voice the other like last month or something. What? Uh, yeah, no, he like um, I don't know. Like I'm not like some famous person where like you know you can tweet about Kanye and like he's never gonna see it. Like he doesn't give a fuck about anything. You know, whatever. You can say the worst shit in the world and like unless you're like Drake, he's like not gonna fire back at it. You know. Um, but uh, he said something about. Someone posted something about the podcast on Miscellaneous Tea Facebook group. Mm-hmm. It might have been my guest for the week or something. Or someone I was friends with or someone who listens commented on a post. And anyway, they tagged him. And they're like, yo, you might like this episode because of whatever the the content was for that episode. And he's like, he's like, oh, I just can't listen to that podcast. I, I don't like the guy's voice. I'm like, whoa. I'm like, all right, you know. It's fine, you know. Some people don't like the John singing voices and don't listen to They Might Be Giants because they don't like their voices. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but then I'm like, but then I'm like, I'll oh, just fuck with them. And so, like, I comment, like, I reply to his comment. I'm like, I'm right here, dude. <laughs> and he's like, and then he said, he said, oh, your voice just reminds me too much of my own. And something about, he's like, how dare you like string words together? That's my thing or something like that. And I was like, okay, I'm like, we're fine, dude. Like, I don't really care. I was like, I'm just going to fuck with them. Um, and it was fine, you know. And then I posted the Millhouse uh, hugging his lookalike and saying, so this, this is what it feels, feels, like feels like when doves cry. cry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, have you had any like major news or life events or any uh, Team BG or otherwise since uh, we talked forever ago? Sadly, you know the I, pandemic was in there. Yeah, that <laughs> happened, and that wasn't great. <laughs> no, no. Um, and sadly, I've not been to any. They might be John's concert since the last time we spoke either. Um, oh, yeah. I, I imagine you have. No. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. I, I did finally see them. Um, there was, there was. I was supposed to see them in Chicago. That got messed up with a work thing. I had to give away the tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I managed to see them in Indiap- Indianapolis when they added that date. Uh, so luckily, yeah, they kept extending the flood tour in these little chunks. So so I missed the Chicago and then yeah. Um, well, I decided not to go to the first Chicago, which happened pre-pandemic. I'm like, I'll go to the. I'll go to the next oh, one. Oh, no. They're, they're circling back around. They're doing oh. two Chicago's. Yeah. So then that one didn't happen. It got pushed. It got pushed. And when it got pushed the third time, that's when it lined up with something at my then new job. Mm. So <laughs> yeah, got fucked by the pandemic several times. And then the work thing. I'm like, God. 
damn it you know and then uh, so but then i finally saw them yes i had tickets Uh, for um i had tickets for the vancouver show but then Uh the pandemic happened and um and now like i'm well i'm immunocompromised so concerts aren't really a thing that i can safely Mm. do anymore um, which is pretty Ooh. devastating because seeing TMG yeah. open for Sparks at their Hollywood Bull show is like my dream lineup. Um, yeah. Seeing Sparks and 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 they might be giants together that would just be like dream come true. Um, yeah, a lot of people lost their shit over that all around social media. Understandably yeah. so. Yeah, I've probably been a Sparks fan longer than a they might be giants fan. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, so. I mean, even I, I don't remember how you said you got into They Might Be Giants, but so what? Okay, so in comparison, then, so are you are are you sure about this? Are you <laughs> sure about that? Are you sure that that's why? Uh, <laughs> do you, God, it's so late. The later I record, the stupider I become. The later at night it is. Um, so buckle up, listeners. Um, so you got it. How did you get into? Sp- Sparks and how old were you, and when? What, um, how'd so, that happen? Yeah, I would have been like still in in like junior high, I guess. And um, oh, yeah, wow. I was a big I was a big Smiths fan in uh, in junior high and more- in junior high. Wait, how are you hip to the Smiths in junior high? I mean, we're talking. <laughs> I mean, I'm a little bit older than you, I think, right? But. How how are you cool enough to be in the Smiths into the Smiths in junior high? I don't think I even knew who they were till college. <laughs> I I was not that cool, so I don't know. Apparently, you were. <laughs> you were the outcast kind of cool, you know. The Smiths, <laughs> you know, before Morrissey had totally soiled his good name with yeah. conservative outbursts. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, Morrissey was like he considered himself a huge Sparks fan. Like I think he wrote okay. them letters before he was famous. So like he he you know cited them as an inspiration a lot, and that, and that was how I um, actually I was just thinking about it. it was probably it probably really irked him that he wasn't invited to be in that recent Sparks documentary, which is just delightful. Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No one wants to be around him anymore. No, no. <laughs> I mean, if he smells a whiff of of meat on you, <laughs> mm. he will lose his shit. <laughs> yeah. So that was how I got introduced to to Sparks. And I remember back yeah. in school trying to uh unsuccessfully trying to convince my brother that the song Bon Voyage, which is the closing track of their album Propaganda, that that was uh-huh, both yeah. simultaneously the most beautiful and most hilarious song ever recorded. Uh, <laughs> he did not. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's a very they might be giants kind of thing to 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 claim that a yeah. song is both beautiful and hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he didn't agree. No, he didn't agree. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought about one more person I could ask about this Spanish thing. By the way, I. Uh, Chris Oliveira, who's been to a fair amount of They Might Be Giant shows. I just talked to him last night for a Patreon episode. Mm. Uh, we've done a two-parter about uh, the Beatles, and this was part two. Uh, Beatles, TMBG doing Beatles and Beatles-ish things. Um, and he just, like, I'm like, you just host this one, man. You know way more. Like, he's a <laughs> crazy Beatles fan. Like, I mean, everyone's a Beatles fan, but he's, like. Super fan. Yeah, like, has spent <laughs> spent a lot of money to see Paul McCartney several times. It's a lot more than CNTBG, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, so that was, 
and then you were how old then when you got into the MMP Giants? Um, I'm trying to remember. Well, I I do remember seeing them on Tiny Tunes, um, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. I wouldn't really call myself a fan at that point. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Typical story. Same with yeah. Same yeah. With me. Yeah. So it would have been high school. Um, I remember my first girlfriend. She put them on a mix CD for me. She um yeah she put Sleeping okay. in the Flowers yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, that rings a bell. That yeah. rings a bell. My memory is bad, but if it comes to TMVG, if, if, if there's just like that little, that I, I do remember that now. Yeah. That song. Um, good, yeah, good song. Mm-hmm. Let's put it on a mix for someone <laughs> someone you're digging. Yeah, totally. It's very, it's very happy, you know. As far as They Might Be Giants songs go, you're like, I'm sure that this one is a, is a happy song. Not just, am I sure? Is it? Is it? Is it? I don't know. Is Are you it? sure about that? Right. Wait, is it about being dead? But I don't know. They're all about being dead, you know, yeah. sleeping under the flowers. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's happy. It sounds happy. It's happy. Put it on this mixtape. <laughs> um, um, that's okay. actually we'll something about um, Hovering Sombrero. I know we're not really getting into it yet but like okay okay no no no. No, it's fine i mean it's i mean really we've 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 caught up on how you haven't gotten to see tmbg yeah i mean that that is a shame because even you know they've been asking people to mask up and it depends on what part of the country you're in really uh or if you're seeing them in a, a, a really big city where people are a little more liberal they're more likely to be wearing them but still it's probably i mean even with everybody masking they're still you're never going to be 100 percent sure that you wouldn't get it yeah in a crowd so yeah. that's a bummer but so i mean i think we're caught up on that i think we could get into it i mean you, you told me you've warned you warned me <laughs> that you had lots of thoughts on this what? song and it is 10 43 p.m <laughs> my time so we should probably just jump Right in. So, well, tell me the little bit you were about to say, and then we can talk about these demos. Sure, yeah. So, I was just going to say, a lot of They Might Be Giant songs are are known for often sounding cheerful, or in the case of Sleeping in the Flowers, maybe romantic. I don't know. (laughs) But then having having those really bleak lyrics, um, I don't know. What's the word for that? Like, um, incongruent? Like, yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I feel in, like in the case of Hovering Sombrero, it's more like the the song itself sounds really gentle and, and soft. And then the lyrics are also kind of the same. Like it's more harmonious in that way than a lot of their other songs. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. That's, I think it's why my mom likes it. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so there are two demos, and there's there's confusion over them uh, that we were talking about before the episode, and we'll see. You know, we'll we'll just talk very slowly about the first <laughs> one, and then hopefully by the time we get to the second one, either Mr. John Ulyss or Chris Oliveira will uh, uh, get back to us with. They'll probably be certain that no, I don't know, or else they'll say like, "Who put that on the wiki? <laughs> Fix that." Hovering sombrero. Uh, go to the ye old chronology tab uh you know it's very rare that you'll see a demo in a demo too mm-hmm. it's not unheard of you know it happened with ipalindrome i notably um being two extremely different demos and also different from the apollo version um oh, what other one did he uh 
Well, <laughs> Freebirds Rebirth got two versions before it turned into I Blame You. Uh, so that's another funny one. Fl- yeah, Flans, I guess, is, is really known for just like completely upending the demos into something else. Um, doing two demos before abandoning the original idea. <laughs> um, so we've got a uh, Hovering Sombrero demo, a 51-second thing that was on the clock radio in, uh, in 1999, mm-hmm. which I had thought that the clock radio didn't start until the 2000s, but um, I guess I was wrong. Um, which is weird, though. You You click over... I just clicked over to the clock radio page and it says the clock radio flash powered thingy was released on TMBG.com in 2003. Huh. So then what is this 99 stuff? Or is it saying that this version of the song from 99 mm-hmm. was then put on it in the 2003 ish range? Is that what it, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, So let's let people hear this uh, short version of Hovering Sombrero Demo 1. on demo one i like it i think it's it sort of feels like a like an unplugged or garage version um yeah yeah it's nice i i really like the poor quality video that accompanies it (laughs) yeah yeah people people should definitely uh check out the video i mean (laughs) you just heard the audio but you gotta go to um yeah, the wiki, and uh, uh, just watch this quick cam video. It feels like... It's so... Oh, man, such a time capsule. Yeah, it feels like tour outtakes or, like, behind-the-scenes footage from, like, with the airport shots and the sound check yeah. shots. Yeah, just, like, a fun thing. You know, the MMP Giants have always been done their best to keep up with technology and stuff and you know flans getting them on on tiktok would be the most recent example of them (laughs) i'm hip i'm cool does the macarena um (laughs) (laughs) so like they're like hey we got a webcam now on this laptop this like this brick laptop we brought along um, (laughs) you know wherever they were in 99 uh yeah i don't know but it's 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 yeah it's amazing like the quality of it, the faces that Linnell makes. I mean everything about it is uh, delightful. Fantastic. Yeah, delightful. Yeah, and th- this kind of like since the '90s are back like extremely hard like in everything you know fashion, uh, music. And even media, like there's so many young people that like they might be giants that are like starting up 
you know, I'm going to have to name drop Seymour for like the second episode in a row, uh, that, uh, Seymour has like one of those, like, it looks like a angel fire website or like, <laughs> I can't remember what the hosting is, but it looked like intentionally just looks so nineties and Seymour is not alive in the nineties. <laughs> Seymour was born in, I think, I think the year 2000 or maybe, maybe I'm a little off, maybe, but in diapers at the very least mm-hmm. in the nineties. So like this aesthetic is definitely like, I guess people our age being like, I'm going to buy the TMBG eight track. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, or something. I'm going to buy a book on eight track. Yeah. Cause it looks funny and it's, uh, it's so cool that it's so obsolete. <laughs> <laughs> But I think uh, even young fans, you know, for us, it's like a time capsule. It's like, oh, remember when, like, that was good quality video yeah, uh, or something, you know, digital video? Because <laughs> um, then, yeah, it's like, look at how small this digital camera is. Yeah, the photos look way worse than if I just used film like I could still at this point and take it to Walgreens. Um, but it, look how, how small the camera is. fits in my pocket. The future. <laughs> yeah, the future. I know. I remember when I was so happy when I had a digital camera that was like, I mean, it was the size of like a fucking burrito or something. But I'm like, I can fit it <laughs> in my pocket. It's like, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, Your junkos. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely had to be guy jeans at the very least. Like big ass pockets or some cargo shorts or something, which were the style at the time. Uh, yeah. As far as the 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 music goes on that one, it's um, I mean it's obviously shorter, mm-hmm. but just kind of a little more chill, I guess. You know, it's just a sparser arrangement. Really. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, the ideas are there. So on the wiki, demo two it says the year two thousand on dial a song, and also on music from Malcolm in the Middle promo. I bet I can find someone that has it. Oh man, maybe I should ask Peter Gritch. He has, like, all the weirdest releases. Maybe he has, like, the CD or, like, he's uploaded the best rip of Malcolm from, you know, music from Malcolm in the middle promo. Uh, But the wiki says here, people, it says that this 2 minute and 15 second version, it says the second verse of the song is in Spanish. Now, the second demo that I found is how long? It's not that long. It's still like 50 seconds. It's a different version for sure. And let me just drop it in here, the whole thing. It's definitely a different version. And it's definitely still demo quality. But there's no Spanish there. Hey, hovering sombrero. Gently waving in the air above the meadow. Softly floating in the sky outside the window, hovering sombrero, don't be shy. Don't, don't be shy. Don't be terrified. When you take yourself for granted, feel rejected and unwanted now you never just a hat you never only just a hat you know yeah and you told me when we got on the call i'm like uh 
any questions? You're like, yeah, there's no Spanish. I'm like, yeah, I must have glossed over that. It's been like, okay. I'm, well, I know I listened to the beginning. Like I A, B'd them a couple times to make sure they were different. I'm like, okay, demo two. And then I was probably like researching the next thing or like starting to look for covers or something as it played and then just no, didn't notice that it stopped before any sort of Spanish. I'm just like, hey, there's Spanish in here. And you're like, no, there isn't. <laughs> This just in from September 8th, Greg. Uh, Mr. John Eulis found me the version with the Spanish in it. So let's check that out. to the trivia on the wiki for Demo 2, it says that Linnell says the translation is, in part, quote, I wish I was a better singer. I wish I was a better songer. Now, the singer-songer thing is funny, but how would that translate to Spanish? Songer is not a word. I don't know. And it's also interesting because that's sort of, it, it, it's not in line with the original lyrics in that like it's it's sort of he's he's being down on himself and the rest of the song is sort of like more encouraging and like you know ad- advocating right. for you to like you know be more positive <laughs> so, yeah yeah don't be shy yeah. don't be terrified uh yeah you click on the lyrics there and well, what's funny, if you click on the lyrics, it has these other words, but it doesn't have them in Spanish. Like, oh, wait, wait, wait. Google's asking me to. Tra- okay. It doesn't, man. Because Google just like automatically translated it for me. I'm like, there's no Spanish here even typed out. But I can toggle between it. Si no tengo que algo. Yo dejo que con todos y yo salgo, voy andando por la países buscando, hovering sombrero, donde es? And then click it over to English. Let's see what Google thinks the translation is. Um, oh, wait, it has two of them. Manejando, Jaime Montero, que señora en purba de con- cantando, quiero mucho meja- mejor a mi canción ando. Pero siempre meto la pata. Okay, so it has all that. And now let's see what Google says it is in English. If I don't have something, I leave the street with everyone. If I go out, I'm walking through the countries looking for hovering hats. Where is it? Because <laughs> <laughs> the prayer does just mean hat. Mm-hmm. It just means hat. Um, driving, I have my Montero. I would like to test singing. I want my song much better. I walk, but I always screw up. <laughs> That's the literal translation that Google has come up with. I like that. You know, I feel like I should record a, a cover that has that tr- translation in it. <laughs> Hovering hat. 
Where is it? <laughs> Donde es? Um, which is funny because it says hovering sombrero just like as is in the Spanish version. It says hovering and then it changes it to hovering hat. Hmm. Hovering is hovering in Spanish? That doesn't seem right. <laughs> Why am I wasting my time with this? Well, the demo version that you actually sent, um, it is nice, but it's really difficult to hear the the music. Like the vocals are much louder. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I know TMBG is a very like vocals forward band, but not usually that much. <laughs> like Flans is like sitting behind him and they're doing it right into the tape machine. You know, mm-hmm. like, like I recently talked about on um, uh, uh, what episode... The one in uh, Gigantic, you see him doing, um, is it, uh, I can't hide from my mind, um, doing it right into the answering machine on Gigantic. You know, there's yeah. that scene, he's just kind of hunched over. <laughs> um, so like Linnell's in front, Flan's in the back strumming, and you just get all voice, you know, and, and it's just the two of them just playing it, you mm-hmm. know. Because that's the weird thing about Dallas songs. Like, some of them you can tell that it was recorded and then they put it onto the tape. But especially in the early days, but even, you know, sometimes in the 2000s around Mink Car and stuff, they would still just sing it right into the machine mm-hmm. instead of recording it and then putting it on the machine. I don't know. I guess when you're in a pinch, <laughs> um, you know, 51 seconds about a hovering sombrero, you know, I, I mean, it does give you a little look into the songwriting process that I think sometimes they put themselves under such constraints that it like forces them to just spit out songs quickly. Mm-hmm. And while it might be kind of underbaked at first, like it turns into something as cool as hovering sombrero was on Mink car. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the proper Mink car version of hovering sombrero. So you chose this one like, uh, uh like 32 years ago, you picked yeah. this song. <laughs> The song didn't even exist yet, but yeah. you 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 got on the spreadsheet for it. <laughs> and <laughs> um, though the second bullet point there, you see that the second bullet point on the trivia? Are you looking at it? Oh no, you have to. I want I want okay. you to read that second bullet point. Okay, because what I just said was kind of a joke, and then I I realized there that it kind of <laughs> could it could happen. If you really need the John's well and hung out of Flansburg's apartment, maybe. <laughs> okay. According to, is this the one? According to a description of Minkar written by the Johns, this song was written during the recording of Flood, 12 years before its eventual release on Minkar. Wow, I did not know that. Holy guacamole. <laughs> oh, that's nuts. So it could have right? been on Flood. So this is okay. Now, if you click the, the the citation there, the little number one, yeah, it kicks you over to groups.google.com slash g slash alt.music.tmbg. Okay, so, so <laughs> from the old pre wiki, I'm guessing it is someone probably was trying to save things from the old alt.music.tmbg site. Um, and it has this text, but I want to know what the original. Was this from like their their a release like a promotional? Well, let's see. Then people are asking. In two thousand one, someone asked, "Where did this come from?" 
Marcus B. Um, what? I've got a fang. So no, okay. They're talking about a bunch of songs. Um, yeah, Hovering Sombrero. This was written 12 years ago in the studio while we were recording our Flood LP. Nobody makes LPs anymore, but Hovering Sombrero still remains fresh to us after being defrosted in the microwave and served <laughs> on a bed of the Band of Dan's. And then someone, then this Kevin Sullivan on August 2nd, 2001, he's probably dead now. Said, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's what some young person would say. 2001, they're probably in an old folks home by now. Kevin says, hey, cool. I wonder if they recorded a demo of it back then. Apparently they did. Or are these demos? So when are these demos from? Mm, it's a mystery. God, 99. <laughs> 99 on the Team BG Clock Radio, which didn't exist for four more years. <laughs> what? Or is the demo from 1989 or something? Uh. <laughs> oh, man. These comments are great. Are you looking at this? This this groups? Everyone should just go to the wiki and then click your way over to the, the <laughs> this, this Google groups. And then Nikki Lighthouse... Later on August 2nd, 2001, on a bed of the band of Dan's, must not comment too incriminating. <laughs> there, okay, this is this is a gold mine of of of, of dead people talking about TV. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, uh, what? We all know why you have the red corduroys. Now I'm just I don't know what is going on here. You had There's to be there. Really funny. <laughs> well, I'm I'm scrolling. The only reason I'm scrolling through these comments is I'm trying to see if anyone answered Marcus B talking about where did this come from, as in this mm. whole long spiel that Jahani posted on August second, two thousand one, at eight forty seven a.m. or p.m. We'll never know. <laughs> the original post by Jahani, J O H A W N Y. Ah. <sighs> But yeah, that's what it said for Hovering Sombrero was that whole thing about the being defrosted and served on a bed of the Bane of Dance. It must have been from like their newsletter, like a paper, the paper newsletter that was going around. Or I guess at that point it was probably being emailed out to people that actually, you know, I guess I had an email in 2001. Yeah, when I went to college. That's when I had my first emails when college assigned me an email <laughs> at .edu. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have an email address before college? Oh, yeah. 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 I still have emails. I'm so bad at I, I, I don't like deleting things. I still have emails from the 90s. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. that must, Yeah. Every once in a while, I'll search for something on, on Gmail. And I mean, I've only had a Gmail account since, well, I mean, I've had a Gmail account since at least 2008. I remember finding one, an email from a band that I was in. Actually, that band with the with the kitty on the bass drum head there. Ah! Take Manhattan. Wow. Uh, that band existed in 2008, and there were some epic email fights going on when the band was already... God, the band lasted two more years. How did it last two more years? <laughs> They're like... Ugh. Actually, even the band before that that became that band, because Kara was the bass player in that band. I was the drummer. And before that, we were in a different band called Fire Burns Man. <laughs> that's that's a band name i've I've talked about my bands you know very much on this podcast but fireburns man i don't think has been mentioned we only played two shows 
This was when I lived in Bloomington, Indiana. And we started recording an album and broke up before it, it came to no. be. Because the main songwriter just didn't want to refine his songs. He basically wanted to release a whole album of Dial-A-Song-style recordings, which, you know, we love listening to the power of Dial-A-Song as TMBG fans. But for the most part, we're glad that they refined them and put them on actual albums and discarded the rest, you know? Yeah. Anyway, Fireburns Man. It, it was a good band name. Like it was a headline in like the local paper. Fireburns Man. <laughs> like okay. <laughs> Thanks. Real descriptive. Uh um Okay, so that that's odd that the song I mean, I guess it's not the first time they've let a song uh linger. Language. Do you have, do yeah. you have to let it linger? <laughs> do you have to? Do you have to let it linger? Um, I'm just going to make as many 90s references as possible. This episode. Um, during the recording of Flood. Written during the recording of Flood. So it would have been 89 because Flood came out in January of 90. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Crazy to think about. Would Hovering Sombrero have fit on Flood? How about that? I think so. I might... I might swap it with a track or two <laughs> from Flood. Oh, really? Flood, oh, Flood you're going to delete some Flood tracks. Yeah, Flood's okay. not my favorite. Album. Oh. <laughs> I, yeah, me, I mean, it would be like the sixth best Thing Might Be Giants album for me. Um, <laughs> maybe lower. I don't know. I think it's because I over-listened to it. So, you know, maybe I'm just being a contrarian. But, mm. um, yeah, swap out, you know, get Hearing Aid off of there. Put Hovering Sombrero on. Yeah. Well, I don't know. If we had to swap out a Linnell track. Oh. What Linnell one would we lose to? Um, that's tough. Let me. I'd hate to say Particle Man because it's probably again it's because I've overheard it, mm-hmm. uh, over listened to it or something. I don't know. I would hate to kick a Flames track off to put on Hovering Sobrero, but just tack it in there. Why not? You know, I might, I might swap it for Whistling in the Dark. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I think maybe could have, I think it, this honestly could have fit better on Apollo. I could see that. Yeah. And it's a more kind of sprawling album again with all the fingertips and all that stuff. I mean, maybe the, I mean, maybe just like the chorus could have become, you know, just a 15 second, 20 second fingertip. Oh, I would be sad if that were the case. Me too, but it seems like that could have happened. That seems like almost something where, like, here's a silly thing to sing about for five seconds. Yeah. You know, got any of the other, (laughs) just today or something. I don't even remember what she was talking about. She's like, Dad, what's that blue thing? (laughs) 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 Doing here. It's like, you really teed me up for that one, girl. Um, what, this first trivia point, okay, this is confusing me even further. In addition to the music from the Malcolm in the Middle slash Clock Radio demo, there are two other versions. There's three versions? Does that read like there's three versions? In addition to the Clock Radio demo, there are two other demo versions of the song, an alternative version and a fast version, both with the Spanish verse. We have no fast version. No. Both of ours are the same tempo. Yeah. But it says both with the Spanish verse. So there's two demos with the Spanish verse? Apparently. And so then the th- the third one, it says a brief low-res music video for an abridged version of the song is included as a QuickTime file on the Direct from Brooklyn DVD. Are they talking about that that can't, that one that we were already talking about, you think? Yeah. Yeah. It's got, yeah, it must be. 
Um, yeah, I only have the VHS of the direct from Brooklyn. So <laughs> I don't have that one, you know, cause again, old, <laughs> um, <laughs> I got a case of the oldness. Um, okay. Well, okay. So that's, that's all the trivia points. Let's, let's get down to brass tacks here. You told me you have a lot to say about this one. So I'm just going to kick back, <laughs> put, my, put my feet up. And and you just give me that dissertation about um, <laughs> this this hovering hat, yeah, as it were. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> go. <laughs> it's, it's it's less an interpretation and more about how the song makes me feel. Um, I guess it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like I mentioned earlier, it's like a very gentle sounding song, and um, I think it's it it's very like it relates to the theme of the song and that it's like a song about being gentle with yourself or like self-compassion um you know sometimes you need some cheering up and and that's when i like to listen to <laughs> hovering sombrero because it's like yeah, yeah you're right i'm not just a hat yeah sometimes you need to cut yourself some slack yeah you know? yeah Actually, um, I have um, obsessive compulsive disorder and uh, back in college, I used to have what I called hat days. Um, yeah. And, and this was when I, I, I called them that back then when I didn't want to leave the house or interact with anyone at all, but I had to for like whatever reason, I would just put on this oversized bucket hat that I oh, <laughs> and it like talking about the 90s yeah. or early 2000s I guess <laughs> exactly you know? and it covered like half my face and I would just <sighs> hope that no one would try to talk to me and like basically I just wanted to disappear and, and just be seen as just a hat um <laughs> I, I actually found, hovering above your neck hole yeah I actually found <laughs> I found an old photo which is perfect for an audio audio medium like a podcast well, let but, me see it. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's that's the hat. Oh. Yeah. This was actually taken how cute. 20 years ago at Toronto Pride. Um, I was that's in. Great. Yeah, I was in the Pride Parade, and I didn't want Aww. to be, so I wore my hat. I was like, "Don't look at me." <laughs> but, it, yeah, that's uh, that's a cute photo, nevertheless, because you, you you see your smile, and that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, oh, yeah, I, I feel that one I just hole up at home. I'll tell you, I have some students like you know, teaching middle school, it's like that's the age where you really start feeling self conscious about stuff. And I yeah. had this girl all this year that <laughs> I would joke with her about her being a ninja because she would wear a black hoodie every day. Mm-hmm. I think she might have had more than one black hoodie, but always a black hoodie, <laughs> like. I mean, she was basically Kenny from South Park, but like covering her face, she would she was still wearing a mask. Like some kids, very few, were still wearing masks, and she would wear a black, like medical style mask, <laughs> and then her black hoodie cinched all the way up, so yeah. all you could see were like three inches, like from the bridge of her nose to like above her eyebrows it was like yeah. all you could see. And this is this is choir class, and I'm like. I can tell you're not singing. Like you can tell when someone's talking or at least like something as, as you know, the air, the way the air moves. And if you're using your diaphragm correctly, mm-hmm. you know, there's, you should see some movement of a, especially a thin or, you know, that kind of mask. And I'm like, I can tell you're not singing Lauren. Uh, and then it got to our, our holiday concert, our first, like our first big one in early December. 
And she comes in wearing uh, the polo that she's supposed to be wearing and uh, no mask. And I'm just like, who's this? Who's this kid? <laughs> Who is this? Like beautiful black curly hair. And this is like her whole face revealed. I'm like, I'm like, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> Lauren? It's like, yeah, Mr. Simpson. I'm like, I've only been seeing your eyeballs for five months. Four months. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, so the, uh, the hiding thing. You mm-hmm. know. But like the yeah. message of the song is, is really encouraging. It's like, don't withdraw yeah. and don't avoid in that way like don't be shy you know that sort of actually it kind of reminds me of that song um ask by the smiths oh bringing up the smiths yeah again. sure um, i was gonna say i was gonna i thought you were gonna say if i wasn't shy oh, no. <laughs> maybe that's that song yeah being shy if i wasn't shy yeah 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 but um, don't don't be shy don't be terrified don't I love parentheses in a, in a lyric. <laughs> the background, the when the background vocals get the parentheses, I like that. Yeah, um, yeah this is Linnell all doing its own backups, right? Now that I think about it, mm-hmm. I think yeah, so. I be- yeah, Don't... yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, the message of the song is very uplifting for a Linnell song. You'd think like at the end. There would be some crushing blow. Right. They'd be like, actually, <laughs> actually, you should be terrified because, you know, it's like Adam Bomb just blows up at the end of the song. She's like, <laughs> but for like, for someone like me with like obsessive compulsive disorder, I do often get stuck like ruminating and like experiencing yeah. those circular, like negative intrusive thoughts and like, especially like dwelling on or replaying like bad experiences in my head or blowing things mm-hmm. out of, out of proportion or like catastrophizing so like i know it, it seems silly but when the song like it's about a, a floating covering <laughs> <laughs> hat but i like i do find <laughs> it like it, it is relatable and it's nice to have it's, it's just nice to have john Linnell, you know encouraging you not to take yourself for granted <laughs> yeah yeah and it like is, it is nice it and it's such a pleasant melody. I mean, like so many of theirs are, mm-hmm. but usually there's just the secret, like ah, you know, <laughs> at, at some point in the song. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this <laughs> this is on an album where Linnell also sings a song called "Hopeless Bleak Despair." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, like, and I enjoy that like, too. And they're very close. They're only separated by yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's why they decided to cover that. After all, I don't think that was revealed in the yeah, yeah episode. But maybe they're like, we need a track between these two songs. <laughs> they just don't go together. There needs to be some sort of separation. Yeah, uh, uh, or people just like will get whiplash. <laughs> um, they're like, hey, you know, don't be terrified. And then hopeless bleak spirit comes on. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> actually, My God, that is a crushing song. <laughs> that, like, I haven't done an episode that episode yet either. But that that might be at least for me the way I hear it. Like one of the most absolutely destroy, like just just destroys me when you really think about it. How yeah. his despair does not go away until he, he dies. dies. Yeah. The only, re- the sweet, sweet relief of death, the <laughs> sweet relief of the grave. Like yeah. that is just a whole other level. Like that song. It's like, yeah. he's had songs about death and he's had songs about <laughs> depression, but this one is like, 
my God, they, they you know, Death Cab, you know, I will follow you into the dark. They got all this shit about that being like, oh, it's a song. People should kill themselves. Blah, you know, but like, look at this song. Yeah. It's I, like, I definitely you know, wouldn't listen to that song God. for cheering up. No, it's not, no. A, it's not a song. And it's help. only two tracks away from hopeless yeah. bleak despair. <laughs> Man, can you imagine if those were like a single, like in the record era, and like like hovering, you know, hovering sparrows the A side, and then you flip it over, and you're like, "No, I'm sad again." No, it'd have <laughs> Put to be the opposite order. Yeah, no, it would have to be. Yeah, yeah. the duality mm-hmm. of man. <laughs> the duality of John. Yeah. I mean, I I would never, you know, I would never speculate about someone's personal experience with mental illness. So, like, I have no idea about whether either of the the Johns themselves have any like lived experience but i appreciate the frequency with which they write about mental illness and like the the humor that they bring to it um Mm -hmm. yeah i I find that it's clearly a song about anxiety Mm -hmm. i mean i mean that was maybe one of the first i don't know i guess it's hard to chart but like the way stigmas have very slowly been lifting about mental illness Mm -hmm. i mean it used to just be like this person's hysterical. This woman is hysterical. <laughs> Let's lock her up. You know, mm-hmm. something like that where I don't know, you know, she's the kids were just it was just one of those days. All right, <laughs> lock her up. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to need 20 minutes where no one comes near me. <laughs> I don't know if you watch Bluey. I don't know why you would watch Bluey, but it's fantastic. That's just a, 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 a screenshot that I, me and my wife now share. Uh, because <laughs> she said something like she's just like i just need we had a in-laws in and like we had a bunch of fun like but it was exhausting and my wife just like texted me and like i really just need some time to myself and i'm like that's fine you know i'll take care of the girls you know we'll go out and do whatever <laughs> and then i sent her that i'm like i remember that scene and like the the mom she's like got bags under her eyes the kids are going bonkers in the background and she's just like I need 20 minutes where no one comes near me. <laughs> it's just the phrasing. It's just perfect. No one comes near me. Just sounds so threatening. So ominous. Uh, anywho. Um, it's, I mean, the song is, it's clearly about anxiety and it's one of those, like I was saying, like maybe the stigma off that was lifted first. Cause it's just like, Oh, anxiety, you know, people are nervous. I mean, and that's obviously different when it's like a diagnosed, thing like there's some misfirings in your brain there's something Mm -hmm. or some trauma or or something like there's many reasons for people to have anxiety um or like diagnosed anxiety not just like i'm have stage fright or whatever like you know everyone gets nervous about certain things but there's that other kind of like uncontrollable un like you don't know why yeah like a disorder yeah yeah there's no reason you can think of but you're just anxious um Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many ways it can manifest. That's why we people really don't know. Even the doctors, they're like, let's guess about medication. Mm-hmm. Um, the brain is just a very complicated thing. Um, but like, yeah, and that, and now like depression is being destigmatized too. I mm-hmm. mean, there's still, you know, bipolar and schizophrenia still like you'll see like crime shows where it's like crime dramas where it's like well the murderer clearly had this i'm like shut up like no yeah like first of all that's totally unfounded like those those people are more you know more likely likely to to hurt themselves yeah Yeah. and someone else like you don't know what you're talking about you're just like let's just throw that in there so that everyone watching that has that is going to feel just awful about themselves Mm -hmm. um 
I hate that shit. But yeah, I mean, I mean, Linnell, it's, you know, I don't know if he's ever said in an interview. Maybe he has talked about how he has anxiety. But this one, you know, as uh, it, I mean, it's, it's very much about being, I mean, yeah. shy, shy, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to a degree where like you're really down on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Extreme shyness. But I think the like the absurdity of the sombrero, like I think um like that it's a, a floating hat. Like I think yeah. um that helps like to add that humor to it to to sort of I know like for yeah. example, my my therapist advises like laughing at the absurdity of the obsessions because mm. and, and that's not to say that like that it, you know, OCD or mental illness in general isn't serious or, or that it can't be, you know, distressing, but it's that like, um, it, it helps reframe, like it takes away that power of the obsessions for me, at least like sure. uh, yeah. it makes me yeah, feel yeah. less threatening. So like, I think the absurdity of, ha- of having this message delivered, being delivered to a floating sombrero is sort of like the same idea. And that, I don't know, yeah. it, the connection to me, I think, is that incorporating some silliness into a serious theme can sometimes help deliver that more effectively. Um, and the Johns are—they're amazing at that. Like yeah. that's—I mean, they have songs about all these things where people, stupid people, we'll call them quirky, where it's like, <laughs> oh, they're so silly or whatever, and it's like, well, they really diffused your (laughs) interpretation of this song. Like, they really fooled you. Um, But, yeah, kind of like, yeah, diffusing a situation with humor. I mean, it's something that I have learned as a teacher as well. Like, I've also, like, other than music, I've also taught, well, I've taught music to kids, you know, labeled ED, emotional disabilities. um, And I've even taught, I've been a, I was a paraprofessional for two years in ED rooms by choice uh, Mm -hmm. because I just really think you know, as tough as those rooms are, and I took a few punches uh, that those kids, they need somebody, you know? Uh Lots of times they just don't have anybody that cares about them, and then, you know, there's, I mean, there's reasons they have emotional disabilities, you know, whether it's trauma or something that, you know, biological, that could be medicated. I mean, whatever the reason is, those kids, Mm -hmm. you know, they need a hand. Yeah. Um, and when you're so young, it's like, you know, it takes a long time to figure out these things. I mean, yeah, my psychologists and my various psychiatrists I've had over the years, it's like to nail down like a medication that's going to work for you. It's like it can take a long time. And yeah. if the kid's only eight years old, I mean, I've been working on my shit more than eight years, to tell you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, so like them using humor to, you know, I would use it to like diffuse the situation between two kids about to have a fight or, um, or a kid like coming at me or whatever. It's like, you know, a distraction or some sort of joke that, you know, like if you know them well enough and you know, like what's going to tickle them, like you can say this and be like, and then they'll forget or you know it'll it'll take them off and then you can talk them down. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's it th- that is very good advice and I think the Johns are really good at that um kind of like it's that dark humor. It's like look at how funny it is that the world is a terrible place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. 
Yeah. So many bad things happen. There is no God. But isn't it kind of funny, too, that people think there is a God? No, I don't know. I'm just going off on my own thing. Um, but so to get back to the lyrics of it, like um, we've been talking about, the, you know, just as an overall theme. But one thing I want to point out in particular, just from a songwriting perspective, the let's see, would this be the second verse? The time is flying like an arrow. Just the, so the time is flying like an arrow. And the clock hands go so fast they make the wind blow. And it makes the pages of the calendar go flying out the window one by one. It's just like the way this keeps going, the melody kind of up and down and up and down till a hundred years are on the front lawn. Uh, just that whole section there. Like it keeps this this calendar metaphor going <laughs> through like two different sections, like the melody changes and the chords change, and it just keeps going like almost almost in a way like you feel like a rapper would approach something where it's just like you just keep hammering away at the point like no matter where the song is or how many bars you're using or like this verse is longer than the others it's like who cares i got this thing going and these rhymes or whatever it might be um something about that just always struck me as just a extremely well written part of the song oh yeah that's my favorite line i think is till a hundred years are on the front lawn like to describe yeah. the passing of time and then yeah it's interesting that that you talk about that you know uh flowing in that way like uh continuing on because i feel like that line is about resiliency in that it's like the old sombrero just keeps hovering on like it, it goes on despite you know hardships or obstacles mm -hmm. or ruined hopes or whatever it, it might be um it, it sort of matches that the way that it c continues on in that in that way yeah mm -hmm. and that might be something with with another band it may be like oh that's just a coincidence but there's been too many things I've, I've stumbled upon over this podcast where it's like the lyrics and the music while i think linnell has said i think specifically linnell has said like Oh, he writes the music, and then like the lyrics are kind of secondary. He's al he's always self deprecating with his lyrics. He's like, yeah, yeah they don't mean anything. Oh, it's, <laughs> you know, it's just some stupid thing like oh, state songs. It's just like it's just, whatever. I just needed something to write about. Mm -hmm. You know, give me a new noun to write about or whatever. <laughs> um, but there's too many songs like like bells are ringing comes to mind. Like for example, about just like the music. And the bum bums and the bells and like the music having the bell chimes and it being about bells and just like everything is all kind of in sync <laughs> um, to where like, yeah, he's downplaying like a big part of what he does. Yeah. And so you might be onto something there. Yeah. The hovering and the passing of time and the lyrics are just kind of da -da 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 -da, flying out the window. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's a hundred years around the front lawn. That I is love a really, that line. really great line. Yeah. And the old familiar things are mostly all gone. And just, yeah, the melody there is just so. Till a hundred years are on the front lawn, and the old familiar things are mostly all gone. It's just like beautifully written. It's like, like why am I getting chills about a song called Hovering Sombrero? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, God, I had a, a feeling like that about. Uh, do you know the band Pup? They're Canadian. Um, from Toronto. Mm, no. 
They're they're a punk band. I mean, yeah, I mean, you might like them. I mean, we already talked about Lagwagon. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if you call them skate punk. There's there's a little more screaming than Lagwagon, but a lot of good melody. And they have a song um, called uh, "Sleep in the Heat," which sounds like it's about a friend dying. Um, it was revealed that it's about his the singer's pet uh, chameleon dying. Oh. And yeah, and um, and it's it's already very sad lyrically, um, but really well written and also still just very much a punk song. Um, and the video, which they're friends with, I think even before Stranger Things, the actor Finn Wolfhard, um, when he was a kid, he's been in three of their music videos, like one, like three albums in a row. He was in one of their music videos. So he, he kind of like grows up on their music videos. Uh-huh. And in the second one, the one about uh, his his. Uh, chameleon um the storyline in the i mean you just have to go watch this like everyone if you're not into pup like they're the best like a modern punk man right now like hands down um finn plays the younger version of the singer uh and they they look alike um and in the first album he's playing he's like really young like pretty stranger things really young um and it shows like the band kind of forming and then it kind of continues on on the second album. The Sleep in the Heat song is where that's at. So Finn's a little older. The band, this is like, you know, two years later, and the band's on tour. And there's a dog that they meet on tour. And the dog is just like a, a stray, ends up jumping in the van and like coming on the tour with them and all this. And, you know, of. Uh, spoilers for a music video i don't know like the dog gets they find out the dog is sick um Mm -hmm. but they've all like connected with the dog at this point they love the dog and um they take it to the vet he sells his guitar to help pay the vet bills but it's still not enough the vet's like there's nothing we can do so they just go on with the dog and the dog ends up uh, you know he wakes up the next day and the dog is is has died you know it's like we just put our one of our cats down who died pretty suddenly um like a month ago and so i was listening to that song uh, yeah i I mean he was 15 but like yeah nibblers nibblers 18 and still kicking but fry just like a cancer came on real suddenly or something and we're just like like the song really hit about uh how like you know, like I would pay all of this, mm-hmm. but I know, you know, it's not going to do anything. You know, we took him to the vet and it was just like, it was too late, you know, you got to say goodbye. And I'm like, how dare a punk song, like make me like, I'm like about to cry driving my car around town. Oh. You know, I've been screaming along to the album up until then. And that song comes on. And I'm like, no, oh. I'm like fry. I'm sorry. Oh. No. Oh. <laughs> And it's that it's a similar kind of thing where it's like, you know, a well-written punk song should have more than just like anger behind it or whatever. Yeah. Like they're, you know, any good song written of any genre, you know, should make you feel something. And I mean, you know, a a nice aggressive song as a release is definitely has its place. Mm -hmm. Um, And they have those songs, too. But uh, yeah, Hovering Sombrero, like being a song called Hovering Sombrero and you're you're never just a hat and all this, but then like, you know, for you personally and, and, and for me too. And for, I think a lot of people, this song, uh, resonates because I mean, especially cause TMBG, you know, we tend to be a, a, a fan base that's maybe more on the introverted side. <laughs> I mean, not to generalize, but no. I, th- I think that, 
you know, as opposed to something like, I don't know, fans of Limp Biscuit or something. I don't even know. <laughs> Bucket hats, you know, I don't know, maybe <laughs> Kangol hats or whatever, you know, backwards red baseball caps. Um, <laughs> I mean, the song is at 114 on the on the rankings on the wiki. It's at 114. Yeah. It's extremely high. Um I feel it's well a well-deserved ranking and it could even be higher. I mean, we'll get to our scores in mm-hmm. a bit, but like it's a song called Hovering Sombrero. Like what, you know, what right do you have Hovering Sombrero to make me feel things? You're called Hovering Sombrero. For God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking at the tab right now. Uh, if you have the wiki in front of you, click over to the tab because I like the person that tabbed this out and they didn't take credit for it here. Um, you might notice something just clicking right on it that sticks out. Are you are you looking at it? The guitar tab? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> click click on that, what sticks out to you? <laughs> Uh, don't. <laughs> don't. Don't. be shy. It's necessary, though, because three chords happen during that. Don't. <laughs> this one is a surprisingly um, kind of standard chord progression for John Linnell. I mean, it's like, for like, you know, Bob Dylan, he could write like 70 songs with this chord progression. Um, but for Linnell, usually there's a lot more kind of creeping around and going in and out of keys and yada, yada. Um, but this one, yeah, it's, it's in D major. I don't see anything that would suggest otherwise. But it, uh, it doesn't detract from the song at all. But you know, lots of times I click over to the tab and I'm like, good Lord. Good <laughs> Lord, what is happening in there? <laughs> Uh, I don't even want to click over to the interpretations tab. Let's not. Uh, no. I don't know. Did you? Did you? I don't think we should. Mm, no. We've got our own thing going. Yeah. Let's let's not. Um, yeah. And we didn't really talk about the the credits much at all, other than the lead and backup vocals. But there's no crazy instrumentation going on with this either. You know, it's just it's the the band of Dan's and it's the Johns and the Dan's doing their <laughs> thing. Yeah. Yeah. I did think it cool. ended on yeah. a really interesting note because it kind of sounds unresolved. Like it, it ends in a way that it doesn't, it's not like a definitive sort of, it, I don't know. Like I, I'm not a musician, so I don't know about anything about the note itself, but it, it sounds, oh, yeah. yeah. It ends on the F sharp. So it's ending, is it really an F sharp major? Cause that shouldn't be an F sharp major. Okay. Maybe there's something going on here. Um, Offering sombrero. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> to the piano. Um, okay. <laughs> Is that really supposed to be major there? It is F major. Hmm. Uh, mm, okay. He raises the third. 
Yeah, the third, third, yeah, the third of the D scales should be an F sharp minor, but he's doing F sharp majors like every time he does the hovering sombrero. Hmm. hmm. Which is funny because it does feel kind of like <laughs> it feels minor, and it should be a minor chord. The song should be ending on an F minor if he's gonna or F sharp if he's gonna end on F sharp should be F sharp minor. But it's an F sharp major, but it feels like. That's why it feels weird. It's ending on I mean it's ending on a chord that isn't in the key that the rest of the song is in. Hmm. So that's yeah, I'm glad you brought that up cuz it's funny with these songs you live with for so long. I'm like, "Oh, it doesn't end weird. That's the way it's supposed to end." <laughs> that's it's hovering sombrero, you know. I've loved this song for 22 years. God, old. Um <laughs> yeah, right, that's cool. Yeah. That is a weird way to end that song. And the the demo just ends. Where does the demo end? It doesn't end on the sombrero, does it? The demos are just the first verse, I think. Right? It's so it ends on the right. Uh, so what word is the last word of the song on those? I have to. Um. Let's go ahead and let's. Just a hatch, you know, and then it strums the D. So, yeah, and it's just on a D. Okay. All right. Hmm. Should we listen to the wacky Here Come the ABCs version? Oh, just before that, there was oh, one other. Yeah. There was one other. I know we, we weren't going into, like, the the um, interpretations, but I did see on Twitter, like, years ago, um, mm-hmm. someone said they interviewed John Linnell and asked him specifically about the idea behind this song. Uh-huh. And and that Linnell apparently said it was loosely based on a song from the '60s by Bob Lind called "Elusive Butterfly." Um, mm. Yeah, and I can't okay. I can't verify if that's true. Um, uh-huh. But both those songs do feature like something just outside the narrator's window. Um, of course. Okay. I think All right. Well, let me drop this in then. Yeah. You might wake up some morning To the sound of something moving past your window in the wind And if you're quick enough to rise You'll catch the fleeting glimpse of someone's fading shadow Out on the new horizon You may see the floating motion of a distant pair of wings And if the sleep has left your ears You might hear footsteps running through an open meadow Don't be concerned It will not harm you It's only me pursuing something I'm not sure of Across my dreams With nets of wonder I chase the bright elusive butterfly of love you might have heard my footsteps. Yeah, go ahead. So so tell me about it. It's the first time listening to the song. Yeah, so I think the butterfly is like a metaphor for, for love. Um and I know like Hovering Sombrero is not a love song, maybe like self-love or self-compassion. Yeah. But um but yeah, apparently like the 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 imagery in the song is is somewhat inspired by 
by elusive butterfly. And I know there's other yeah, windows and wind. And- yeah. And there's other TMVG connections to elusive butterfly. Like apparently they've played it as part of their concert intermission music. And hmm. if you, if you search the wiki for it, um, it turns out they've covered it in concert and um, Linnell occasionally like okay. puts it in the bridge huh. of particle man. Um, <laughs> yeah. So what I, haven't I, they crammed into particle man? At yeah. This point? Man, so, like, I don't it's know. Like, I don't know if it's true, but I could see it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll t- I don't know anything about Bob Lind. I mean, this song—I don't think I've ever. I mean, maybe I've heard it just on old oldies radio in passing. But it's so funny the stuff that these guys latch onto sometimes. You know, it's mm-hmm. like I just recorded a Patreon thing about all the times that they've referenced uh, the Beatles, and I mean, it's the Beatles, but like. Elusive Butterfly by Bob Lind. I don't know. It is an interesting song just from what I'm picking up here and looking at the lyrics and all that. Mm-hmm. I can definitely see that. Hmm. I wonder if we could... God, yeah, it would be so hard to track down. I don't know. Yeah, especially because... be able to see where that came from. Yeah, and like Twitter in the state it is now. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that, that they've hired, you know, that Elon Musk is like, well, maybe I can't just do it all. Maybe I'm not some sort of genius magician type. God. Yeah. I mean, like I said, like it was the best place. I mean, it still is, you know, probably the place where I chat with like, you know, actual listeners of the show the most. And not just like general TMBG fans, but people that are fans of the show too. So I'm like, oh, don't ruin it, man. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm going to look. Okay, let's just Google John Linnell Elusive Butterfly and see uh, what we get here. Um, well, yeah, it comes up with the TMBW thing about them covering it. But a verse from Elusive Butterfly has also been inserted into Dr. Worm on at least two occasions. Hmm. What? Okay. Um. Man. Wait. Did they also? I love to sing. That's Is another another Bob, Bob Lynn song yeah. that they've done. Okay, so he just likes Bob Lynn. I mean, I don't <laughs> even know this guy. Damn you, Hartford cur- cur- Current. Hartford Current. I don't want to pay a dollar for six months. I don't <laughs> know you. I don't live in Hartford. I don't know. There's some something that popped up that seemed like it might have been promising, but um, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. It's just a rumor. He likes John Lind. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he likes Bob Lind. Yeah. Um, an interesting song. Mm-hmm. Now, should we listen to the "Here Come the ABCs" version? Yeah. Hooray! All right, people can find this on YouTube um, on the Ensenada. Uh, YouTube channel, I guess. Hovering Sombrero 05 is what you will find it as. And let's listen to that right now. Sombrero, don't be shy. Don't talk to me. 
thoughts on this thing? Um, yeah, it's it's good. I think you know, <laughs> it's um, it's it's for kids, and you know, it, it kind of sounds like a video game to me a little bit, <laughs> in part. Yeah, it's another one of those simlish simlish kind of sounding things. Hmm. <laughs> In a language where every word starts with a B. <laughs> B-ball, B-ball, b uh, <laughs> And it's also just... It, it, I mean, obviously takes all of the meaning out of the song. Yeah. Um, but it also is, like, in a way you could be like, how could they do that? It's such a beautiful song that they wrote. I mean, it's their song. But it also... I also kind of like that they can almost kind of, I don't know poke fun at themselves in a way yeah they don't you take know? it too seriously yeah right song's called hovering sombrero in the yeah. first place <laughs> exactly <laughs> how dare you besmirch the good name <laughs> of the great you know the symphony the hovering sombrero symphony uh <laughs> yeah here come the abcs i don't know they needed another thing for it i don't know who knows why they do have the things they do but mm-hmm. you know i'm glad these things exist and uh it gives me uh you know it just keeps reminding me why i picked the correct band to do a song by song podcast <laughs> about um yeah um oh and the, and the the wiki page for this like Okay, it was a bonus track. Uh, it was on the CD uh, version that was sold by Amazon.com. You know, mm. gotta go to Amazon to get that exclusive shit. You know, you know, I don't <laughs> Amazon. Um, I guess back in the, I mean, I guess in 05, Amazon was already taking over the world in 05. Um, Mr. Lips refers to John Linnell's amusing vocal stylings on this song, mm. rolling O and letter shapes. So, Mr. Lips. <laughs> Okay, moving along. Um, Should we hear uh, live versions? Yeah. Hooray. Yeah, so this one, let's see. uh, How many total times? Only 14 times Hmm. they performed this song. Not enough. Not enough. I I say that all the time, but they have so many songs. But there's so many songs that feel like they really deserve to be played more mm-hmm. where, you know, like, I mean, Dr. Worm is, is, is one of the greatest songs ever written. But, you know, I wouldn't mind having Dr. Worm passed over one of the times I saw them just to see something like Hovering Sabrero or Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah. Or, oh. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, or I Blame You, like any of these, like, uh, they always talk about the front row, you know, it's the way they say it, like the the the, the crazies really is what they're saying. You know, people up at the front, you know, we lose our minds over something like like Hovering Sombrero isn't even I wouldn't even call it a deep cut. I no. mean it's an album track. Mm-hmm. So fourteen times. Um I do like that it was premiered in Chicago. I like that. <laughs> in a Chicago and um so let's see. Uh, but I couldn't. I couldn't find that debut, unfortunately. Uh, so the one that I did find the closest to the debut is the third performance, the Odeon Concert Club in Cleveland, Ohio. So uh, I do like that the Midwest and kind of you know, yeah, in, in, to, to Pittsburgh, you know, gets the first run of these songs of this <laughs> this special song. So uh, let's check that out. Um, yeah, 
Here it is at, in Cleveland. Hovering sombrero. I mean, um, it's it's a good version. It's pretty true to the album version, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I did notice one lyrical change, um, but Linnell does that often. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He said, Which one? Um, become embittered or depressed instead of oh, yeah. possessed. Yeah. 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 Minor change. Mm-hmm. Still, I mean, yeah. Same amount of syllables and it rhymes. Yep. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds great. I mean, I mean, it's a bootleg, so the you know, it's a 2001 bootleg. You know, in bootlegs these days, it's like sounds almost as good as something coming right off the mixing board. Yeah, uh, the recorders these days. Um, it sounds. I mean, it sounds pretty good for a 2001 recording. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, so then we jump way ahead. So uh, looking at the, the the times they played this, so obviously they played it a bunch in 2001. Yeah, just October through november so for for two months they played it one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven times and then uh they retired it for 16 years (laughs) wow (laughs) for 16 years um to bring it back <clears throat> for a mink car show. So it, it, it took a mink car themed show for Hovering Sombrero to come back. Mm. Rude. That's just rude <laughs> to such a great song. I feel like right. the, yeah. I feel like the Wolf Den's performance was live streamed, wasn't it? Maybe mm. maybe not. I know I, I saw six years ago. I don't remember things six days ago. <laughs> maybe it wasn't. Possible. Maybe it was a different Wolfsten. Performance. I mean, Wolf's Den does sound. I mean that venue. It's, yeah. It's, I mean it's also a cool venue name that just yeah. kind of sticks out to <laughs> me. Um, well, they do these uh, these audience appreciation shows mm-hmm. that have mostly been there. Why? Why does Connecticut get the audience appreciation shows? I mean that's <laughs> where we'd hear "Welcome to the Jungle." Yeah. Appreciate mm-hmm. us. <laughs> In Canada and <laughs> the Midwest. Why does the East Coast have to get everything? But it's not even New York. You'd think like, oh, hey, we're playing, uh, you know, Williamsburg Hall of Music for the umpteenth time, for the umpt millionth time. <laughs> we'll give you guys something special. Yeah. You know, for your for your 300th time seeing they might be giants. <laughs> this one's just for you. Why do you go? I'm, I'm just glad we got the horns this time around. I mean, Kurt Ram touring on I Like Fun and then... You know, Pender, Harrison, and uh, Levine 
touring with them this time around. That that felt special. I'm like, mm-hmm. thank God, because I actually asked Stane Harrison because uh, you know he'd been on the show. I remember when I found out that he was doing like the first legs of that tour of the East Coast stuff when they started back up again. I'm like, dude. Do you know if you're coming to the Midwest? He's like, I don't know. They just hire me. I haven't been hired yet for any Midwest stuff. And I'm like, damn it. But then they did it. Hooray. <laughs> so these audience appreciation shows, and this was, uh, yeah, also a Ming Car show. So this was the 11th annual audience appreciation show and Ming Car show. Um, I guess I should drop it in here. Let's listen. Hey, hovering sombrero. Gently waving in the sky above the meadow Softly floating in the air outside the window Hovering some bravo, don't be shy set list at the audience participation show first starts out with the nude clown intro <laughs> i mean is that from clown town i mean clown town talks about a nude clown <laughs> not cow town clown town me and ac talked about this the nude clown it's a fucked up song uh that's what that's gotta be you can't click on it um but for audience appreciation so it's got a ton of mink car, mm-hmm. not all of it, but a lot of it. Um, then audience appreciation. What here on this set list is out of? I don't know. I guess there is most of mink car. It's just kind of scattered. It's got some stuff in- interjected into it mm-hmm. uh, in the middle. Some of the hits. So I guess just playing Ming Car was audience participation, uh, audience appreciation. Because there isn't so. anything else. Ex- yeah. You know, let me tell you about my operation is one that uh, just standard. They, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, they played that 174 times. That would be like, I guess that was kind of a newish song at the time. Mm-hmm. Not, not that old. Um, hmm. Yeah. I don't know. That's got you know some of the hits. I Palindrome, my twisting. Uh, you know, Puppethead, Dr. Warren, Miss Nimble, Birdhouse, of course, uh, Mesopotamians to end. Um, Bills, Bills, Bills. <laughs> they did Bills, Bills, Bills. Uh, how many times? They performed that 97 times? Holy cow. See, like, take that out of there. Like, yeah, haha, we got it's funny. You know, Destiny's Child is funny to see you guys doing that. You know, how wacky. But Hovering Sobrero, <laughs> 97 times. Come on. Yeah. Anyway, um, 
Did you like that one? Yeah, I really like the um. I don't. It, there's like an organy sound, organ type sound going mm, on. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> he is using a much more kind of gospel churchy organ type tone. Yeah, yeah, I like. Yeah, that. then 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 the album for sure. Like it's got a lot more kind of vibrato, kind of that hollow vibratoy sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, of like. Not like a big pipe organ, but like a, a cool like electric organ. Um, yeah, it is cool. And it's real hot in the mix there. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, cover time? Yeah. So let's let's go back to the first time that Minkar was appreciated by the fans at minkarcover.bandcamp.com uh, for the 10th anniversary of the album in 2011. Um, a bunch of people. I'm not sure who spearheaded this covers album, um, but it's it's been played a bunch. I, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it officially is midnight. Um, okay. Um, hovering sombrero done by Marianne. Marianne Call. Uh, let's check it out. Hey, hovering sombrero, gently waving. Softly floating in the sky outside the window Hovering sombrero, don't be shy Don't, don't be shy Don't be Thoughts. Hand claps. I love, <laughs> I love the hand claps. <laughs> it starts on acapella, yeah, with hand claps, and her voice is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I like the gradual entry of the guitar. Yeah, it really builds well, and yeah. like her voice really, really locks into the melody in a very, very satisfying way. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't know much about her, but um, I did come across that this track when I was ser- searching. Just she had put it on some of her own pages and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean that sounds great. It, it, you know, should listen to some other stuff by Marianne <laughs> Call. Uh, moving on then to now the twentieth anniversary on tmbs.bandcamp.com. As we all know, they might be songs posting or they might be shit posting. Um, did Mink Car Deluxe uh, <laughs> in twenty? Uh, yeah, twenty twenty one, and yeah, it's deluxe because there's some kind of weird interpretation songs at the end that di- that they call <laughs> Mink Car Two, Mink Harder, <laughs> <laughs> like some sort of diehard title or something. Mm. Uh, so yeah, so now we've got Alex uh, Pekin, 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 yeah. Let's check, uh, let's check this out. Hey, 
opposite direction of um marion call and yeah. that it sort of slowed it down it's like a, a sleepy sleepy version <laughs> maybe it's but telling still you... but still arpeggio guitars and like a sh- violin or something yeah yeah it's a, maybe it's uh telling you not to feel bad for sleeping in like you needed that rest <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't realize how close the arrangements were when I put those two next to each other. Very yeah. different feel, but similar yeah. arrangements. I think it's really comforting. It feels like a yeah. like a duvet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to Isabel Banks. Isabel Banks found on YouTube on the channel called The Lump. Is the channel? Uh, <laughs> let's look. <laughs> the Lump. <laughs> Lump sat alone on a bench in the park. No, that's Gump. I always know the Weird Al version's better. Okay, let's listen to Isabel Banks featuring Bajo Bajo. What do you think about this one? It's cute. Is that yeah. is that a recorder at the beginning? <laughs> like, what is that? <laughs> I think it's probably a melodica. Ah. Uh, because it sounds blown, but it sounds kind of like an accordion. Yeah. It sounds like a melodica. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Melodica? Yeah. That, yeah. 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 <laughs> this is like kind of like the bedroom pop, like twee version of this song. It's very twee. Like, it's kind of intentionally, you know, kind of lo-fi. Yeah. I really like the vocals. Yeah. Very cute. Yeah, they really fit it. Again, yeah, cute. Like, it it's definitely goes along with this kind of twee thing, indie pop style. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> now, as for one that, man, this guy, Charles, uh, Charles Butler, 
This one has happened to pop up. Like I found this a long time ago. Uh, this Bandcamp, Charles Butler, not Bandcamp.com, did a, a whole album called Letterbox. Uh, they might be giants reimagined, and it's only got nine songs. So like, I, I think I discovered it way back on the Anna Ng episode, in the, the first slew of songs uh, or of, of episodes rather. Um, and it's popped up sporadically, but but recently I did the Be the Bird of the Moth episode, and it came up on that. And now we have Hovering Sombrero. So so two times very rapid succession I've been able to hear these amazing, amazing versions. I I'm just I just love this so much. Uh, let's let's listen. <laughs> plenty of folky versions of they might be giants but i mean there's a lot of people that kind of fake their way on a banjo and like i'm I'm on a banjo i've i've played banjos multiple times i've never owned one but this guy's really i mean he's a legit banjo player Mm -hmm. like it's not just some guitarist strumming on a just like oh i could play the guitar give me that banjo um and this is maybe not the most what uh, the most arranged i mean you should go and listen to some of this other guy's stuff if you're at all interested in that because mm-hmm. the hovering sombrero is pretty much just banjo but like there's some other stuff i know there's some melodica on on this album there's some dobro some dulcimer i mean it's very thoughtfully arranged yeah what's really cool is that you don't miss the vocals like they're represented almost <laughs> Yeah, with, with the banjo playing. Yeah, I thought the the cover of Hovering Sombrero. It sounds like it. It feels like it should be the soundtrack to like a a, a nice walk in the woods. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know it's folky stuff. It's like hiking the Appalachian Trail. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and listening to instrumental folk covers of They Might Be Giants. Yeah. yeah. Nothing makes you feel more like that back home country goodness. <laughs> And some they might be giants. New York City. <laughs> Where's this band from? New York City. New York City. <laughs> All right, now on to a good friend of the show, Adam Rivera. Uh, Adam Rivera has been he, he has spearheaded a couple of very big um, project the cover projects that have brought up on the sh- been brought up on the show a lot. They pay tribute, uh, Volume One, Volume Two. Um, and he's also a part of the TMBS compilation here. Uh, let's listen to Adam do Hovering Sombrero. Hey, Hovering Sombrero, 
Gently weaving in the air above the meadow Softly floating in the sky outside the window Think about Adams. Yeah, it's great. It it feels more like a straight cover of the original, even though there aren't any drums. Um, yeah, yeah, it's pretty. Uh, like it, it, it doesn't deviate too too far from the. I feel like there's a couple chord differences, and this oh. is something I've noticed with Adams in the past. Like it is very faithful uh, for the most part, but there were a couple spots. I don't know. Maybe it was just me. As a guitar player, like here, like wait a minute, that <laughs> sounded a little different. Like not like bad, but like, mm-hmm. and and Adam does sometimes play kind of fast and loose with uh with chord charts. Like I think I don't think he does them like purely from memory, but I think he might look at the chord chart, but then he's like, yeah, okay, I got to memorize, yeah. <laughs> and like something might throw something in that's like not exactly what was on the album, but sounds good, so it just lets it lets it fly, which mm. I think is cool and interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I really yeah, like that cool. he um he ends it on like a lower note, like he um oh the very end. Let me yeah. Okay, hold on, let me listen to that in particular. I just love all the background noise and stuff that was left in. <laughs> yeah, sombrero. That was yeah. a cool little detail for you to mention. That yeah. is cool. I like yeah. that. <laughs> Same. All right, now it's it's bathrobe basement music <laughs> time. This guy. Okay, I got man. I got to get this guy on the show. I know, I feel like I talked to him in his comments back and forth a little bit, but YouTube isn't always the best way to like get a hold of somebody, you know, Mm. like unless they're about, like you go to the channel and their about section has like a whole thing and links to other stuff. But his about section (laughs) says, description, just a dude <laughs> in a bathrobe playing some music in his basement. <laughs> yeah, man, we kind of gathered that from the name. I mean, it's all right there. Uh, and, oh, he uploaded some just a month ago. An Oasis cover and a KT Tunstall cover. Yeah, he's done a lot of Coldplay covers. Man, he's moved. has he moved out of the basement or has he just turned the lights on? <laughs> because these ones, yeah. <laughs> Like if you go to his channel and then just click videos to see all of them and then scroll down, there's just years and years of him playing dimly from a dimly lit basement. <laughs> Almost every thumbnail is like him with his mouth open as wide as possible, <laughs> wearing different shirts. You're like, there, okay. The, yeah, like and then all of a sudden, nine months ago. <laughs> the lights turn on. <laughs> Someone finally replaced that bulb for him. He just <laughs> didn't get around to it. But he is he in the same room? Because it's so hard to see the background. 
of these other ones. I'm trying to tell if those shelves or if it's the same room. Did he come out of the basement or did he just turn the lights on? <laughs> he... Oh, he, his, his beard has slightly changed. Yeah, he did. I left my body. Yeah, he's done a bunch. This is what I'm saying. Like he. Nice. Okay, so just scrolling through, I can see from the red line YouTube telling me what I've listened to. Uh, <laughs> he did Unforgotten. Oh. Um, let's see. He did Poison Flowers, Monopuff. Um, God, there's more. I know there's more. He does some Neutral Milk Hotel, like his Radiohead. There's a lot of good stuff here. Um, I feel like there's some other ones that I've featured. Yeah, what song was it where I was talking with him? Because I was like, dude, I'm playing the song. And he's like, oh, cool. Um, I've got a match. Oh, okay. I've done that one. Where is it? Click on it. Is there a comment from me? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, where is that one? No, zero comments. I probably played that one. On that episode, that was just a long time. That was like 2019. <laughs> that episode. Oh, man. Going to Pasolaco. That's the Green Day deep cut. That's, man, I love that song. That's a great song. Uh, anywho. Um, yeah, he he found the light bulbs. He, he got a <laughs> light bulb. Recently, good for him. Uh, but this is this is one of the old ones. Um, yeah, I just I something about this concept. Just like, is that really his bathroom? I mean, is this little flannel looks cozy? Um, just lit by his computer screen. What did you what did you think about uh the cover though? <laughs> I like this one a lot. Um it's a nice acoustic version. I think I think in my head the original is acoustic even though it's not. <laughs> like, well the I demos always, are like just yeah. strumming along. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I think it's really sweet. Um also I think he has kind eyes. <laughs> <laughs> he does look like a friendly fella. He looks like yeah. he, Fun guy, you know, have a jam sesh in the basement, you know. We could all wear our bathrobes, you know, wear something underneath, though. So, you yeah. know, just, you know, you don't want something to happen. Uh, <laughs> again, Homer standing outside, like, <laughs> and the bathroom just blows up in front of all the protesters. Uh, okay, so um, now time for EB Voice Cover Lab YouTube. TMBG cover by E.B. E.B. Let's listen. Hey, hovering sombrero, gently waving in the air above the meadow, softly floating in the sky outside the window, hovering sombrero, 
don't be shy So how about this one then? Um, it's it's a very polished version. Yeah, it may be the most like the original um, of all the covers. But, but more ethereal though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like the amount of reverb. Yeah, I do like the backing vocals. Especially before everything kicks in, like the harmonies are very rich mm-hmm. and well done. Mm-hmm. And how about the visual there? <laughs> I enjoyed it. It's you like you were like, saying, ethereal, like outer space. <laughs> yeah, is that like a black hole for me? It looks like a star's like exploding there. Uh, and then him wearing a sombrero, like in his recording <laughs> studio. You can tell he's got some acoustical foam behind him. So yeah. he's recording vocals, or at least the video, while wearing a sombrero. It's perfect. Which, <laughs> yeah, 10 months ago, you know, in, t- in 2022. You know, whether or not a white guy can wear a sombrero around is, you know, maybe, you know, maybe just maybe for something like this, maybe you wouldn't like run around hooting and hollering on like Cinco de Mayo wearing a, a sombrero as a white no. dude. No. Not a good look. But I th- I, th- I think it works here. Mm-hmm. You know, he's paying homage. It's it's the song. You know, it's hovering sombrero. Okay. Purple Pansies. Now, this one, Purple Pansies is me and Averin, uh Keating. And this one, though, was mostly uh, – this one is pretty much all Averin. I just contributed the singing saw mm-hmm. on it. So let's listen. What do you think? I love it. 
but I really like, yeah. first off, I really like the name Purple Pansies. That's great. Um, <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't. I really love purple and we're a couple of pansies. I, I didn't know it was a singing song. I wondered if it was one of those like whirly, you know, the whirly tube things. Have No, is that a? It's my saw back ah, there. Okay. okay. Yeah, no, I know the instrument you're talking about. What yeah. are they actually called though? A whirly gig. <laughs> I believe that is correct. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Jeez, how would I figure that out? Um, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, woo, 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 yeah, woo. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Google, search for woo, instrument. <laughs> Whirly gig gadoodle. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. It, it's so great. I really like the like purposely like or the intentionally offbeat vocals. Like um, how they're like. Not we like really. to keep it fast yeah. and loose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was like really creepy, but in the best way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a like a ghost warning you from beyond the grave not to have regrets like they did. <laughs> yeah, I mean the saw will do that especially. Yeah, I mean listening back yeah. to it, I'm like, man, I could have done better at the saw on this one. Oh, I mean, no, I've been playing the saw great. for a long time. I guess when when Avram was like, "Hey, you want to you want to tack something onto this?" and hovering, you know, it seemed like a nice hovering type instrument. Mm-hmm. Which I love that shit. I love weird instruments. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's fun. It's just like, and again, we've already talked about Appalachian folk. <laughs> um, I mean, it's one of those like kind of jug band type instruments where it's like you just what's around, you know, you just grab something that makes a cool sound. Yeah, or like an old old timey instrument, like a ther- theremin. Theremin. Yeah, it it is funny, like because a lot of people have made that comparison too. It's like, yeah, it's like the 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 analog version of a. It's like the physical version of a theremin. Like you're, mm-hmm. like a theremin. You, get my theremin. I haven't touched it in years. Uh, <laughs> you know, moving your hands through the frequencies whatever the hell i mean yeah theremins are awesome i wish i owned one um i have played them and want one but i my house is just just stuffed to the gills with instruments as it is <laughs> um but yeah saw and it's very similar it's all about you know you really have to know the instrument and be able to hear the pitches mm. um they're they're really good also just at making noises and stuff like that's what they used for like old ufo movies i mean was was that you know yeah. it literally was like the thing hovering away <laughs> you know before synthesizers and other sound effects and such all right we've got one more cover and this is from we are number three and their deal is they mash up team bg lyrics with old-timey folk songs uh so with that said let's go ahead and listen to The sombrero hovers over Jerusalem Ridge. You know, when you take yourself for granted, feel rejected, and I want to know you're never just a hat, not just a hat, you know. <laughs> 
sombrero, gently waving in the air above the meadow, softly floating in the sky. Offer me a sombrero, don't be shy, don't be shy. Offer me a sombrero, don't be terrified. When you take yourself for granted, feel rejected, and I wanna know you're never just a hat, you're not a hat, you know. When you take yourself for granted, feel rejected, and I wanna know you're never just a hat, you're not a hat, you know. What did you think about that? Um, yeah, I thought it was great. Um, those were some really impressive vocals, uh, like really fast paced. Um, and the song itself is is um much more uh like quick paced um or quicker paced. It 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 doesn't. I I don't feel like it makes the song li- lighter though. Like if anything, I feel like that gives it more urgency and like um gravitas instead of just Ooh. like yeah instead Gra- of gravitas <laughs> yeah. instead of like um just a casual like encouraging uh reminder it's like an imperative it's like or else <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you just had you know yeah uh, yeah cuz the key of the original Jerusalem Ridge is i mean it's a minor key right it sounds you know, I'm gonna go and look up chords for for that for the original. Now these these folk songs, it's always hard to look up chords because folk songs in general are passed down, you know, like orally by oral tradition, and mm-hmm. uh, you'll find so many different versions. But uh, Jerusalem Ridge chords. Let's just see what kind of stuff we come up with. I think in general we'd know if it's in major or minor. Yeah, so A minor. Um, yeah, it looks like it's pretty solidly in the key of A minor. Got A minors and E majors are the majority. Um, but though in the B section, you do have an interesting thing, at least in this version. I'm not sure exactly what key. I mean, I guess if I put it in my ear, I could find out what key they're putting it in. But in this one I'm looking at, it goes A minor to A major, then E. That's pretty interesting. Mm. A minor, A minor, A major, E, A minor, A major, E. Oh, no, A minor, A minor, A major. Yeah, wow. That's kind of cool. Um, yeah, that's one cool thing about folk songs in general is that, like, they don't really follow rules a whole lot. <laughs> you know, it's pretty much like this Appalachian folk stuff. Like, he always calls it old-timey folk, which really, I think it's kind of shorthand for Appalachian folk, you know, mm. um, which I love. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you, um, do you know Robert Crumb, the cartoonist? Yeah. He uh, was really into old blues and folk music, and I actually have... It's just occurred to me. I don't have it on hand. It's upstairs. Um, he made, 
I mean, back in the day, I, I'm just I'm going off the top of my head here. Uh, basically, trading cards. He he thought it would be cool if musicians deserved trading <laughs> cards too, right? Because like yeah. I don't think he was too much into sports. You know, he's an indoor kid, like you know, like a lot mm-hmm. of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of us, they might be giants. Yeah, we go outside sometimes. Yeah. Um, and so, like trading cards for like old bluesmen and old like city blues you know the original divas all those ladies that were doing all the city blues and you know just wailing in like the teens and the 20s uh as well as like kind of like the birth of country like appalachian folk is really what kind of led to country Mm -hmm. and ben is just as much into this history stuff as i am like the only way i remember historical dates is how they line up with music Like, seriously, it's like, yeah. okay, you know, like, <laughs> Louis Armstrong started fronting his own band right around, you know, World War One. So we're talking the 19 teens, you know, 1918. Mm. Uh, I mean, really, it's, I do relate a lot to, um, it's how I remember, like, major historical dates is really because I remember, I actually remember the musical dates. And then I can kind of sync them up with like what happened in yeah. <laughs> world history or American history. Association um, that way. I, I really yeah. like how um, the lyrics pair with that with that feel, like that sound, because it, it makes it almost feel like a like a warning, like a fable, like an old timey fable. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like that comparison. Yeah, I'm looking at another chord chart, and this one just has A minors and E's. This one. And some D minors. It does not go to A majors. So I'd be curious. I'm going to put theirs back in my ear again and see. Because that minor to major is an interesting turn. And again, these folk songs, you're going to hear them a million different ways. Yeah, you actually were telling me before I hit record on mine that you found another cover. So I'll actually drop in Ben's. The one Ben recommended first is a gal playing banjo. Um Oh, let me bring that up. Let me bring up Ben's email so I can credit who that is. Okay. Ben. Uh, yeah, Ben and I have become fast friends. He's actually on uh, He's on the board of my, I don't know if I told you, but we're, if you've heard the episodes, but I'm uh, a company now. This might be an LLC. That is the name officially. Paperwork uh-huh. filed in Delaware. <laughs> Wherever the cheapest taxes were that my friend Jason told me to buy, to open it in. So <laughs> we're based in Indiana, but we're, the LSC was filed in, was it New Hampshire, Delaware? I don't know. But it's it's This Might Be an LLC is the name oh, of it. Oh, congrats. So, so TMB LLC. <laughs> 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 and so uh, Ben and Averin are actually my board members. So they can outvote me if I want to do something stupid when it comes to charity <laughs> work. So if I'm like, I think we should donate money to alex jones they're like no we should donate money against alex jones let's do sandy hook price (laughs) i i want to buy alex jones some shirts he needs shirts he keeps losing his shirts out in the woods i don't know if you've seen that video (laughs) i'm like running around like i'm a man god i hate that guy anyway um so i found the link to okay this banjo and guitar version okay so ben's email i'll just start with that uh, Greg, below is a link to the finished product of the Sombrero Hovers Over Jerusalem Ridge. This is a combo of Hovering Sombrero and the Bill Monroe tune Jerusalem Ridge. Um, the Bill Monroe tune has an interesting history behind it that involves Kenny Baker making it into a known commodity, but Baker always gave credit to Monroe for writing it. 
Uh, the first version of Jerusalem Ridge I heard was a banjo and guitar version, which is here, and he gives a link. Uh, so Bill Monroe is considered like the father of bluegrass music, which is very heavily tied to Appalachian folk. You know, I mean, um, I mean Kentucky, really. If you're thinking about bluegrass music, or thinking about Kentucky, like. Um, um, is it Blue Moon of Kentucky? Blue Moon of Kentucky, keep on shining, um, is Bill Monroe. That's maybe his most famous tune. But so let's listen to this version that Ben recommends. It's very country here. You've got three, no, four deer heads on the wall <laughs> in the room behind this gal. And then this, I, I don't know, someone you could just see their hand on guitar. It's Molly Johnson. Let's listen to that. What did you think of that banjo version first uh, of the of Jerusalem Ridge? Yeah, I really liked it. It um the I think they did a great job. I'm not like my partner um couple oh god, decades now ago was learning banjo. <laughs> um Wait, how long have you two been together? How long have you been together? Uh 15 years? Okay. All right. Decades. You said decades plural. I'm like, wait a oh, minute. Oh, yeah. This is before we, we met. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I was like, wow. All right. <laughs> We've <laughs> been dating since we were in our respective mother's wombs. <laughs> it was a plain, it was a plain marriage. Uh, so anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I was saying she, um, she, she learned banjo to an extent but said it's a really hard instrument to um to, to pick up pick yeah up. yeah <laughs> i've faked my way yeah <laughs> i've faked my way on the banjo too you'll see a lot of banjo players just like take the easy way and like basically tune it like the high four strings of a guitar or the high five strings rather i mean usually you have like a droning string i don't know if um if your partner's banjo was a four string or five string i don't know if you know did they still play no, no. <laughs> oh. oh, come on. Quitter. Uh, now, it yeah. is hard to legit play the banjo because mm-hmm. real banjo players, uh, you're either full on finger picking. And I, um, I've i got some proper finger picks that I got when I inherited a slide guitar. And you use them for that, too. They're basically like uh, a ring you'd wear on your thumb. Uh, I don't know if, if, if they used these, if they got that serious about it. A ring with a little kind of fingernail looking thing hanging down. And then two that you wear on your uh, your pointer and your middle finger, and they, they almost look like you have claws, but they, they instead of coming from this way over the top like your nails, they come from that way, kind of like, almost like, kind of like covering up, basically like you have metal fingers, right? <laughs> so that you can pluck the strings uh, louder and more aggressively than with your squishy little pink human flesh fingers. So um, 
Yeah, rather than just like strumming it with a guitar pick. So you basically have three picks, right? Does that prevent um, calluses? Does that help? That would <laughs> also help with that, but it also yeah. gives you that attack of a pick, right? Because mm. um, a lot of finger-picking um, guitarists will just use their fingers. I mean, some some classical, if they're really serious about it, they actually grow out their nails on just their right hand. You can't grow them on your left hand because you wouldn't be able to press down the strings to the fretboard, but they'll grow out their fingers just just a little bit on their thumb uh, pointer and middle finger and sometimes ring finger too. So they'll basically have longer fingernails on their right hand than the left. But that's wow. like you're, you're a serious performer. Like you're probably performing classical music or like you're playing like flamenco shows for a living or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, your fingers are your, your pick. Your fingernails are your pick. But um, So you're either banjo doing full-on finger picking or what's called um, – uh, claw hammer, claw hammer technique, which is basically like you're doing a bass with your thumb, sort of like a bass and a strum. So like, dun 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 like a, a pick and then a, and then a strum pattern. Um, yeah, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. This scale's real good at the banjo. I like that performance. And you said you found a fiddle version. Oh yeah, well I think it's the one that um, Ben referenced in his email. So. Um, oh, he re- okay. Oh, K- Kenny Baker's. slightly prefer the fiddle just because I like I, I like the sound like I think it's maybe because the violin's my favorite instrument that oh yeah 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 so I slightly prefer the fiddle but I do think the banjo and and the cover of the mandolin are both really great I taught orchestra for six years and mainly we focused on you know technique and more kind of classical based things or you know what the stuff you learn when you're a beginner instrument like hot cross buns and twinkle twinkle and all that stuff mm-hmm. um but they got so good, this like small group, I hit a smaller group, which was a bummer at first, but then they got so good because they were getting so much focused attention as a small group that these girls, um, it was just two, three violin girls, that I ended up getting a fiddle book, a fiddle beginning fiddler curriculum, and we started learning all those like double stops, which is where you play two strings at once. Did you ever play the violin? No. So playing two strings at once... And you'll do that in classical, but in fiddling, the technique is like, so you're harmonizing between two strings. Now, you can't play all four strings at once on the violin because of the way the bridge is curved. You know, that's why when you see people playing it, the bow's going this way and that way and this way and that way. Um, but you can play two strings at once, and you'll slide one up, brin and a brin and a brin and a brin, like that kind of technique. And it was super fun to teach, and I never had a, a group that was able to reach that level uh, uh, to try that before or since but it was super fun uh-uh. yeah it was super great those girls were so good they actually accompanied the graduating class the guitar club that we did time of your life by green day <laughs> uh it's nimrod's 25th anniversary they just put on a 25th anniversary edition of that by the way oh. so time of your life the guitar club played it um the whole class sang it and then those girls played a simplified version of like the string arrangement to that that i wrote it was wow. fun it was very cool. Anyway, so yeah, you you like the fiddle. I like them both. I'm just a big fan of uh, 
also just like jug band type instruments, like like wash tub bass. Like I don't know if you've ever seen that. Uh, it's no. just crazy. I mean, it's actually a wash tub turned underneath as like the resonating body, a broomstick up out of the uh, wash tub, and one string. And the way you raise and lower the pitch is by yanking on the broomstick to tighten the sh- tighten the one string. Oh wow! It's like dum 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 dum, like real like you know poor. Rural poor, Appalachian poor, you know, in their holler, you know, they they might have a fiddle because it was small enough to bring with them maybe a guitar, but a upright bass. You're not lugging that up the mountains, you know, to your mm-hmm. your settlement wherever you are. So wash tub bass, you know, um, you know, washboard for percussion. I, I love that shit. Singing saw kind of came from that uh, tradition of just like using what you got around. Yeah, you know, you got a fiddle bow. You got a saw. <laughs> yeah. So the way that these guys do it, and I should direct you to some of their other uh, their other works, is, yeah, ma- a mashup, basically. They're taking TMBG lyrics, and, and Ben, who knows this old-timey folk music so well, will scour just, like, his, his, his archives and just, like, his knowledge of old folk songs and find a folk song that he thinks would pair well with... Um, a, a team BG lyrics and uh, he it's all it always turns out awesome it's yeah amazing. Um, yeah I'll um, I'll forward you some of their other ones after you know when I get a chance later tonight or tomorrow because they're really cool um, yeah I'd and, love I, and they, they've been in those episodes they've been in those episodes I know they did one for prepare they did one for 32 footsteps um, the, 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 the missing one or two off the top of my head but um, excellent yeah and we are number three so Ben and his friend Tim so Tim on mandolin and him on guitar, and then Rachel, like those two guys, they live in Virginia. Uh, Rachel lives in Iowa. Um, her singing voice sounded kind of like a Billie Holiday kind of tone to it, that kind of um, like soulful, but not like there's no like unnecessary vibrato. There's no like nothing, not just exactly what it needs. Like no extra fanciness, just that pure tone. And something about the timbre of it just always reminded me of like Billie Holiday or a more modern reference would be Jolie Holland. If you know her, she's excellent. So I paired them up essentially. I'm like, Ben, you know, I think because he's like, we don't have vocalists. I sing when I have to, but we don't really have vocalists. I'm like, let me think about this. I know a lot of good musicians. And uh, so I'm like, hey, you know, Rachel, I'm like, here, you guys, there's your contact, you know, you know, talk about it. And they did one song, and then they've done, you know, three or four since. So oh, they're a little wow. trio now. Yeah. Yeah across the country um yeah it's excellent so yeah i'd love to hear more of their stuff i will i will send it to you yeah they just they just formed i guess like a, year, <laughs> a year ago a year ago yeah yeah i think their first one was 32 footsteps which i think was just like a year and change ago so i'll uh, direct you to those or you can go to those episodes and just skip to the cover section or <laughs> yeah. um, and it'll prepare in 32 footsteps and i'm blanking on another one or two um, and they're doing one for the upcoming comp, of course, as well. But that's still under wraps for now. Oh. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think they've completed it, actually. Um, I think they're doing Lucky Ball and Chain. Oh, nice. But I'm not sure what they're pairing it with yet. Oh, that Look. would be so well suited to their, their style. <laughs> oh, yeah. It makes perfect sense. I'm, I'm very uh, curious as to what they pair it with for that. So, um, yeah, Ben, Tim, Rachel, we are number three. The Sombrero Hovers Over Jerusalem Ridge. Excellent job of combining 
TMBG with old-timey folk yet again. Another home run as far as I'm concerned. Um, let's score the song. Oh, that's tough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why I make my guests go first. So, uh, <laughs> um, by all means. Uh, I, mm, do, you, do you have what I scored? Careful what you pack? or I don't. You know, okay. I should have kept track of my guests' scores. I've only kept track of my own to reference the, mm. them against each other. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That's okay. I, I, you know, I might have even changed my mind since then. So. Um yeah, I think I would score <laughs> yeah. I think I would score um Hovering Sombrero with an eight point nine. Okay, eight point nine. So when you when you said that just now though, careful what you pack, are you saying you like it more than you did then or less? Um, You're saying you'd change it. I probably like it more. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You should go back and just like find the end of that episode just to listen to the, and, f- <laughs> and figure out what you scored it because yeah, I don't remember. Um, what did I give it though? Let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. I gave it a seven point eight. Mm. Seven point eight, which is 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 that's on the high range. What did I give? What did I give? Bangs. And what did I give Man It's So Loud in here? I mean, these are ones to reference as far as... Okay, I get Bangs. I only get Bangs at 7.9. Jeez. Whoa. I thought about doing a Patreon episode where, like, I uh, do the Pitchfork. I don't know if you know Pitchfork, like, a couple years ago, did, like, a rescoring. Yeah. It was just... Yeah, where they're like, actually, we should we should have <laughs> given it this. It's not that good. We thought it was good, but it's not. Um <laughs> And they raised some scores too. It's just a very weird thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I've thought about that though. Like, yeah, how you know your opinions might change on a song because of whatever, um, or I should have given it. Like I always said, I should have made see the constellation higher. It's like my favorite Flan song ever. And like, how did I not give it a ten? Because mm. I when someone pointed out to me that I haven't given, I've only given seven tens, mm-hmm. eight tens over all these episodes and they've all been Linnell songs. Shame <laughs> on me. What did I give man? It's so loud here. I mean, I'm about to do Cyclops rock. So that's going to be pretty, pretty high. high. Yeah. Pretty high up. <laughs> all right, man. No, no. Okay. Uh, uh, I gave that 9.5. Yeah. Fair. That that yeah 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 I I mm. hovering sombrero so good I'm gonna match you I'm gonna go eight point nine great great fucking song okay what do you have to tell the people about you want to tell the people where to find you or things uh, you're up to I got nothing nothing to plug nothing to promote I'm not really on. Huh? social media that much anymore these days how, how about bucket hats what's the brand of bucket hats to get? Uh, amazon bucket hats let's see Ooh, they got one with strawberries on it that popped right up one with the avocados on it adidas makes a good looking bucket hat 90s are back baby Ooh, camo teal camo man here's a crocheted one jeez got all sorts of options but which one can we hide the best with? Here's oh, here's one that's kind of got the kind of floppy brim. 
<laughs> it's all wavy, like cute, cute little Lou in the bucket <laughs> hat at Pride. Nah. It's a cute photo. Come on, you know. <laughs> you're hiding, but you're like, hi, it's still happy under here. <laughs> it's a great photo. I like that you dug that out. Uh, here's one with a little dinosaur on it. I like. <laughs> oh, that sounds cute. <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's like a little cartoony T Rex, and it's just like sitting. Like it's not even like raw. It's just like chilling. <laughs> All right, so everyone, go get yourself a bucket hat. The nineties are back. Yeah. You better you better get on that before we get back around to the two thousands being in or something, and everyone has a swooped haircut and tight jeans again. White belt. Black black jeans, white belt. Uh, let's all do that again. <laughs> <laughs> let's all go to Hot Topic. Uh, so, yeah, Luke, thanks again for being on. It was so long. It was so good to uh, catch up and, and, and chat again. Yeah, it was great to see you. Yeah, you too. That was fun. <laughs> okay, people know where to find this. Might be podcast. It's too late for me to say all the things you know. Leave me voicemails two two four eight zero one two nine three zero. So thanks again, Lou. It's uh, uh, it's even getting late for you over there. So hope you don't have to wake up at like five in the morning or anything, do you? No. <laughs> okay. Cool. All right. Mm-hmm.